everybody. Welcome to Garbage Time, the third episode of our Sunday night, Monday morning NBA spectacular on the 48 Minutes Network. I am Tim Daniel. I got a little water stuck in my throat already to start the show, so we're off to a good start. Uh, joining me, Mr. Ben Brown, as always. What's up, man? Hey, man. Another beautiful Sunday. Uh, we got the Eastern Conference Finals starting, so uh, ready to rock and roll. Yeah, so obviously without the show, all the our shows on this uh, RSS feed kind of entail. Uh, Forty-eight minutes will really cover the week Monday to Wednesday, and then we'll cover Thursday through Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. So this is kind of just kind of touching base there, obviously. So by the time you guys hear this on Monday morning, um, we'll only have had game one so far, the Eastern Conference Finals, where we saw the Boston Celtics. Have a very, very, very dominant victory today over the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, I'm not shocked. I thought the Celtics would get game one. I still picked the Cavaliers to win the series. I actually picked them in five. I don't know if they're going to win four straight now, but I still think they'll win the series. Um, You know, Ben, it just kind of came down to, I think there's going to be a lot of overreactions here. Not to discredit what Brad Stevens put together as a game plan, because they were great today. Obviously, Al Horford was awesome. Um, You know, everything clicked. Jason Tatum's been on a roll. Um, But... The Cavaliers shot four of twenty-six from three, and LeBron mm-hmm. had had really his worst game he's had all playoffs. Which it's shocking to hear him have a bad game in general in these postseason. Um, I think there's going to be some overreactions. I think people are going to say the Celtics really kind of showed that they're the better team in this series, which they might be. But I'm not ready until someone beats LeBron four times. I'm not counting him out. Oh no, you can't. I mean, you can't count LeBron out. Um... He's proven time and time again that um, he is his best uh, in these type of situations. So you can never count um, count him out in any type of situation, um, especially when you have to beat him four times out of seven. Um, the Celtics, I do agree with you. Um, there will be a lot of overreaction to this game. Uh, all the talking heads and pundits. Uh, will say that you know Boston is just so dominant and Brad Stevens, which I've to uh, you know I've tooted the Brad Stevens horn um, kind of all playoffs and all year. Yeah, um, I I feel like he once again came with a phenomenal game plan. Um, you can't count on, on them to shoot four for twenty six from three, um, but some of the things they did defensively, uh, you could tell the Cavaliers uh, weren't ready for it. Hadn't prepared for it, which I don't know how that happens. But um, uh, give credit to Brad Stevens and the Celtics. I think they did an amazing job of of uh, getting themselves in a position to win that game. Uh, on top of the fact that I think that, like we talked about before, Jason Tatum is a just a, a stud on the rise, um, and he came out and played. Uh, it's almost like Donovan Mitchell esque, I guess. Like where he's just kind of he's on the scene now, and his and his name is kind of at the forefront of the Celtics' charge. So uh, big ups to them, and uh, I mean they did exactly what you're supposed to do when you're the upper seed and you've got the whole you know you've got uh, home court advantage. They did exactly what you're supposed to do, and that's put your foot on the pedal um, and take advantage of a of a bad game by LeBron and a four for twenty six from three shooting night by the Cavaliers. Yeah, and I, I think really, I mean, they were their defense was definitely smothering, and they really kind of stepped up. You saw they threw a lot of different things at LeBron, which you know LeBron's cyborg brain probably memorized all of that, so he's going to like make his adjustments for game two. Um, mm-hmm. Did you see that in the press conference when the lady asked him about the Celtics seven zero mm-hmm. run? 
in the I, fourth I, quarter. I did. Um, <laughs> he remembered it I, piece I mean, by piece by piece. Yeah, I mean, that that's something that is so special about him and his. You know, he's he's mentioned that in interviews before that he has a photographic memory and he sees things before things happen and he can remember things that have happened in the past. But to be on the spot um, and to have you know a reporter ask him that question about a run and for him to piece together every bit of that run. Um, it's pretty cool to see. I mean, cause you can see how his brain is thinking. Um, and you can see that, uh, he was in the moment and he is still in the moment going through, um, all of those moves of that seven Oh run. Um, so I, I think that I, I do feel like you're right. I think that LeBron has seen the adjustments that they have made. Um, and now it's, it's time for them to, uh, make their own adjustments by what he's seen in this game one. Yeah, I th- I for sure. Um, you know, it, the, the Boston was really impressive today, obviously, like we've kind of mentioned throughout the the episode so far. Um, you know, especially in a game where Terry Rozier, who's been awesome in his postseason, was not. Um, Rozier really was, I mean, he had 10 points. I'm sorry, 8 right. points and 8 assists. But he was 4 of 10 from the field. You know, he, he didn't make any threes. Uh, played really well defensively, of course. You know, he's he's kind of really stepped up there. Um, Boston right. didn't get a whole lot from their bench in this game either. This game, this was a game that you know they that Tatum, Morris, Horford, and Brown really won for them. Um, you know, all all four guys played huge games for them. All four guys made plays. Jason Tatum is just so damn good. And yeah. you know, um, I think the easy thing to say because there's not a whole lot really we can discuss in this situation, but I think it's easy to say that Boston definitely got you know Boston played the better game without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, but they definitely had a lot of advantages with Cavalier shot selection that was horrid. Um, mm-hmm. Defense was horrid, and um, they, they didn't look scared. You know, they, they looked like that they, they knew what they were stepping up for. And I think it was David uh, David Aldridge tweeted, "When are these Celtics going to start playing like their kids? Because they haven't seemed to understood that, that that that's all they are." And you're like, "Damn, that's so true." Because they have played played like wise veterans through this through this whole postseason. Yeah, they have. Um... I'll say this, the, the Celtics have done a great job of mixing um, their veterans with their young guys. Um, of course, the rise of Tatum and Jalen Brown, um, but you still, I mean, I still think that Al Horford is the guy that, that kind of gets everything into place there. I think Al Horford, um, he, I mean, I, I guess he's kind of like an underrated um, a forward in the game. I mean, when you think of big time forwards, you just never think of Al Horford. But he always does things that that you know he's always a part of the big run, or he always has the big basket, or he always does something where you're like, man, man, that that's the guy you want on the floor. But you know, and also too, you had Morris have Morris went twenty one and ten. I mean, that's you know, you see him step up when Rozier has an off night. So you know that I big ups to those guys. Um, they're not playing. I mean, they're not playing scared. They're not playing like young guys. Um, they're, you, you can tell that Bryce Stevens has done a great job of getting them prepared for this moment um, and this opportunity. They are not backing down, um, and they are not. They do not show any fear of LeBron James or the Cavaliers. Something tells me Game Two, LeBron's going to come out and he's going to be a man on like playing like his head's on fire, and he's going yeah. to dominate. Um, I, I would, 
I would be willing to bet uh, money, which I'm not a gambling man, but I'd be willing to bet money that LeBron goes for 40. Um, I just think that he, to in his mind, game two um, in the garden is a must win. So in must win games, LeBron usually plays um, just out of out of his mind. Um, I think he'll be probably maybe 43, 43, 10 and 9, 43, 10 and 10, somewhere in there, 43, 12 and 10, somewhere in that book where he, he's going to have to do everything. I think he he feels that way. I think he tried to do a little bit of of delegating. Um, he tried to, you know, be the LeBron, the facilitator. Um, he only took 16 shots. I mean, he was 0 for 5 from three-pointer. When was the last time he went 0 for from the three-point line in the playoffs? Um, but I think this coming game, uh, I, I I think he's going to go for 40 and be a, in that triple-double range because he's going to be in attack mode from uh, from jump. Yeah, I completely agree. I think uh, these, this is going to be the game he kind of takes over for them. He wants this to be a one-to-one because that's what you got to do on the road. you got to win at least one to go home, and that's, yep. what, that's the goal for sure there. Um, so let's go ahead real quick. Let's talk about the Western Conference side of things. Obviously, game one will be tonight. Um, Golden State and Houston. It is at the Toyota Center. Uh, we talked a little bit about this last week. Obviously, what we thought, you know, what was going to happen here. Obviously, I mean, one, we picked all the series spot. Like we, like, <laughs> we were, man. We were spot on. And I made sure I tweeted the link to the Garbage Time <laughs> podcast and tagged you. I'm like, dude, we called every single one of those right down the spot, man. It was awesome. Yeah, and then, so. Now we have this one, and this is um, this is the battle we've all kind of been waiting for. It's you know the game, the series that everyone wanted. It's so you know it's Houston Golden State. It's the battle of two titans. Everyone seems to think Golden State's going to run away with this, and I think that's hilarious because um, I I mean Houston was built for this. Houston was built to defend this team. You know, getting guys like PJ Tucker, getting guys like Chris Paul. Um, mm-hmm. You know, were, they were, it was made for situations like this to guard these guys. And really play defense against these guys. Houston's got a better bench in Golden State, so mm-hmm. you know I still think Golden State's a better team. Sure, I still think Golden State could, is very much the favorites to win this series, um, but I don't think it is as distant in talent as people are trying to make it out to be. Oh no, not at all. Um, I, I think when you've got the MVP, which he hasn't been named MVP yet, but it will be James Harden. Um, when you've got the MVP, um, anything is possible. Um, I think talent-wise, uh, they're right there with them. I mean, Chris Paul is as good as they come. Um, you know, P.J. Tucker, uh, James Harden. I mean, all of those guys are going to be uh, at the top of their game. Um, and and I, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the Rockets won the series in the season two to one. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's not like there's any uh, hesitation with those guys. There's not like they they have a fear of Golden State. Um, they, I mean, of course, they have respect for them, and they know what they can do, and they know what they've accomplished. But I don't think there's there's no there's no fear in those guys, especially the top two guys in Chris Paul and James Harden. I don't I don't think that they fear Golden State. Um, and if there's anybody that can match them offensively, run for run. I mean, I think that would be Houston. So, 
I think it'll be a good matchup. I think Golden State on paper um, is the better team. Um, but I do think that Houston, um, without a shadow of a doubt, can put put it to, to seven if they if they come out and play well enough. Um, you know, when you play in Golden State, like we talked about before, it's all about controlling that run, man. You know, and that's where the Pelicans kind of fell fell apart. I mean, of course, Pelicans aren't nearly as talented as the Rockets, but they couldn't control the run. So, I mean, the Pelicans would be there. They'd be right there in their pocket. And then all of a sudden that Golden State team starts to click. And what it was a four-point game becomes a 24-point game going into halftime. And you're like, well, what in the world just happened? Um, I think Houston is more equipped defensively. Um, to uh, to be able to handle those type of runs. And I think also, too, they have the ability to also go on those type of runs. So um, when you're looking at those two teams, I mean, we talked about this before. This is your this is your NBA finals. I mean, this is this is what everybody's wanted to see. This is why, you, you know, this is why you bought bought the popcorn. I mean, this is this is it. So. Um, two evenly matched teams. I do think that Golden State um, may be the better team, um, but I think the Rockets, it, it's not going to be a runaway. It's not going to be anything where people will be disappointed. Um, I think it's going to be a great series, um, and I think that uh, the stars will shine the brightest. So uh, prepare to see big games from Durant, Harden. I mean, it's going to be a show. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I think um, what's, what's interesting to me about this whole series is Clint Capella. Uh, obviously, the plan right now is like it's going to be Draymond playing the five. They're going to probably play that death lineup. But mm-hmm. uh, I like, I mean, obviously, Draymond's a great defender, and Draymond's going to body him and, you know, try to make some things happen. Mm-hmm. But after Draymond, what happens when Draymond gets in foul trouble? And they got to right. move KD to the five, and they got to move Iguodala up. Because you can't really trust Sean Livingston anymore because he hasn't been very good. This season, um, you know, he's kind of like hitting that like post comeback from injury like run where he's kind of getting a little bit of how I say washed. Um, right. Yeah. Absolutely. Zaza's not in the rotation anymore. Um, you know, Steve Kerr's not playing him at all. Javale McGee barely plays. Um, the guy that's really been getting minutes off the bench is Kevon Looney, who I like a lot. But you know, when Golden State gets in that situation, they're gonna have to throw someone like David West out there to try to guard Clint Capella and. That's not favorable to the Warriors at all. No, not at all. Um, I think that Draymond's got to play smart. Um, he's got to play. Um, he's got to play controlled. Um, and, and you know, we've talked about this before. I, I love Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. All those guys are great. But we've talked about this before. That train don't roll without Draymond Green, man. He is the heart and soul of that team. He he gets everybody where they need to be uh, in the spots to play. He's their defensive anchor, um, and he's the guy um, that that kind of sets the mood for that whole team. He's he's the guy that carries that attitude. Um, but when you have to guard another great player, I mean, you're almost giving something up to get something. So yeah, Draymond will. We'll guard Clint Capella, but I mean, like you said, where does that put him defensively? Does it put him in early foul trouble? Does it, you know, make him less aggressive offensively, knowing that he has to play defense? Kind of puts him in a weird spot. So, um, if 
if he does get in foul trouble, um, I think Capella will can take advantage of it. Um, I love David West. I know you're an, an ex guy, right? I mean, David West is one of your guys, but I, I don't think he he's not at the ability of Draymond, and I don't think that he has the ability to really stop Clint Capella uh, when push comes to shove. So that's something that Golden State's going to have to going to have to play with. Um, like you talked about, you can move Durant, Durant to the five. Uh, move Iguodala down. Um, Looney will, will play huge um, in the series. Um, I think he'll play some quality minutes, but it's going to be about those matchups because once you start moving everybody down, you start getting mismatches um, in different spots. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I, I think that that's a, a, a big-time matchup in that series. Uh, but Draymond, Draymond not being on the floor for Golden State um, – is never a good thing because, I, like I said, I think he is a, a key cog to what they do. Um, even though, like I like I said, I like I like the Splash Brothers, I like Kevin Durant, but uh, Draymond is kind of their heart and soul. So it'll be interesting to see what happens if he gets into foul trouble or or you know gets up into the you know he starts getting technicals and doing silly stuff like he's been known to do um, when he's going against other guys that have are, are high level guys, you know. So. It'll be interesting to see. It's going to be a fun series. It is. I'm really excited for it. So I'm going to stick with what I said in 48 minutes last week, which you can check out on this RSS feed on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Play. Plug, plug, plug. Five-star, five-star reviews. Yes, all the five-star reviews. All of them. All of them. And I had said the Warriors are going to win in seven. But... I'm really, really, the more I think about it, starting to believe the Rockets are going to win this series. But because I already made a prediction, I'm going to stick with my prediction. <laughs> That's it. Be a man of your word. That's right. Right. Be a man, stick, Hogan. Stick with it. Yeah. Be a man, Hogan. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, gosh dang it. it. Um, It is hard. It's hard to get to go against Golden State. Um, It is, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Um, Ooh. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say the Rockets, the Rockets will win the series in seven in the Toyota Center and be in the finals. Um, I think that I think I just think that the Rockets have enough. They have enough in the tank offensively to hang with the runs that Golden State's going to make. Um, I know a lot of times Golden State makes runs against teams they just don't have enough firepower the other teams don't usually have enough fire top power to fire back but houston has enough firepower to fire back and i think that houston can withstand the runs also i think d'antoni does a heck of a job defensively um against golden state um he's proven that in the past um so i think that i think they'll get more quality stops um and i think that I think Houston's going to win it in seven. All right. So, yeah, that means – and the 48 minutes team, um, I picked the Warriors to win in seven. Sean picked the Warriors to win in four. Ooh. Yeah, I know. I got mad at him. Um, <laughs> Alex picked the Rockets in six. You're picking the Rockets in seven. So we're a little – we're splitsies uh, on, on the team of who's got, who we think is coming out of this. So I hope I hope you're right. I hope I'm wrong. I don't want to see the Warriors play in the finals again. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to see Chris Paul get a chance to win a title. Yeah. So I do. Yeah. 
I like. I, I, I yeah, I would really like to see Chris Paul. Um, I'd also like to see James Harden. It's, um, uh, we all. I know we talk about legacy, and we talked about uh, James Harden legacy, and and you know we t- had that MVP talk. I think he's going to win the MVP this year. Yeah, I think um, it's about a no brainer at this point. Yeah, I think he's got the MVP. Um, it would like it would be nice to add a a finals to that and a ring to that just for his legacy um, as being one of the all time great players, which he's going to finish up his career as one of the all time great players in this league. So. Um, I'm hoping that they get there and they can finish the job when they get there. So, Yeah, I'm with you. So other things going on in the league right now, regardless of the postseason, um, Saturday and Tuesday, which would be the, right before game two of the Cavaliers and the Celtics, we have the NBA lottery coming up. So obviously a big day where a lot of teams' futures are depending on some ping pong balls. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right now, if you're reading, kind of get an idea – the favorites to win the lottery, the highest percentage right now are the Phoenix Suns, a 25% chance of getting the uh, number one overall and a 64.2% chance of landing in the top three. Uh, Memphis, Dallas, Atlanta follow that. Orlando, Chicago, Sacramento, Brooklyn. The Knicks, the Sixers by way of the Lakers, the Hornets, the Clippers by way of the Pistons, which that trade is looking more like lob- like robbery. The Clippers again and the Nuggets are, looks- are the teams that round out the top 14. So... I have went on Tankathon, Ben, and I simulated it three times. And I'll tell you what, in the three times I did it, the Cavaliers won two of them. LeBron staying. It's right there. Set in stone. <laughs> really? Yep. Oh, man. If that happens, one, um, Dan Gilbert could possibly be the luckiest man to ever walk the face of the earth. Um and two, you you would be right, LeBron. If if he were to were able to get a number one pick with the team he has now, I I, I think he. I mean, he would have to stay, wouldn't he? I mean, knowing that he has the number one draft pick, or could they trade that draft pick? I mean, oh, they very much could. I mean, and and bring somebody in. I mean, that they would want. Um. But yeah, if they if if that happens, yeah, they're Cleveland sitting in the catbird seat with that. So, um, yeah, I think that would be that would be ideal. So, um, what would be nice though is that I would like to see Phoenix get it. But, Same here. Um, I think that would be good for their for their organization. Um, the Cavaliers don't need it, man. Come on, man. You already got LeBron. Stop being stingy. Um, but yeah, I I would like to see Phoenix get it. Phoenix or Memphis, either one. Um, I'd like to see either one of those two get it. Um, uh, Memphis, Memphis just because I, I, I like, I, wow. I did like that organization. Um, so they did my boy Fizron, but, um, but I, but I think that Memphis or Phoenix getting it would be good. Um, now, who do you think would who do you think would be the number one pick? If the Cavs had it, um, yeah. Say say the Cavs get the number one pick. What, who do you think has the number? One? Who would get? Who would they take? Luca. You think they take Luca? Yeah, I think they'll take Luca. I think that the, um, I think they would go for a point guard. I think they really really like keeping Kevin Love at the five because they have a matchup nightmare every time. 
Yeah. Um, but even if they're picking, you know, they're probably going to pick about between that seven to nine range. Honestly, um, that's perfect place right there to go scoop up Colin Sexton, who would be phenomenal with LeBron. That's that's the guard out of Alabama, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that would be disgusting. How good that would be. Um, I think Phoenix will end up with it. I think you know uh, they're going to start starting a new regime there, obviously, with yeah. um, the new coach coming in. And if they got Luka Doncic to go with Devin Booker, oh my God, those dimes to threes would be so beautiful. But I also, oh, really, yeah. I also really want them to get DeAndre Ayton. So I was going to say, I, I I would think they'd have to go big, wouldn't they? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, the Bulls could have been in this situation, but they had to go win more games than they should have. I was going to say, way Bulls, to go, guys! The, the Bulls played their way right out of that one, didn't they? Dude, <laughs> God, they played their way right out of that one. Yeah, like, come on, you know, but <laughs> in all fairness, I'm actually really excited about the future of the Bulls. Um, even with, you know, they're going to pick in the top ten, so they're going to get someone pretty good. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, if they get a Mo Bamba to go with Laurie Markkinen, I'm psyched. I'm set. Yeah. Or if yeah. they, I just, I don't want them to, actually, I kind of do want them to draft Trey Young because you being someone who has attended the United Center when the Bulls are on fire... Yes. You know how crazy that place is going to be when he has one of those games when he hits like five straight threes. Yeah, that would that would be nuts. He'd be that so good be in the if he's so good with the Knicks strictly for like the guard and going crazy. Yeah, because at some point he's going to get hot and he's going to hit five or six in a row, um, and then you've got Lynn Sanity all over. You saw what happened there. Yeah. Of course, he's a better player than Lynn Sanity. I'm just talking about the atmosphere of the Garden. Um. When I, when they have a person who is is playing at a high level, um, like if a Trey Young or or um, you know Lynn Sanity back in the day, that place would would go bananas. Um, but yeah, Trey Young would be a good fit there. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. Of, I mean, there's I mean, this draft is kind of a. I think it's like a six guy draft where like there's gonna be some good players, but it's probably gonna be six really good players. Um, yeah. Aiton, Doncic, obviously. I think Jaron Jackson from Michigan State is going to be a, a great talent. Marvin Bagley, Wendell Carter. What do, you, what do you think about Michael Porter Jr.? I mean, I know he didn't play, he didn't play a whole lot at Missouri, um, but in some of the mock drafts I've seen, they've got him as high as five to Orlando. I agree with that. Um, what do, I mean, I, I mean, I only saw him play a little bit. Um, I, I mean, do you think he could have that kind of impact? Uh, yeah, I think he could. I don't think he's a guy that's going to make a team a playoff team immediately by any means, but he's a guy that's going to be able to play really well in the league. Uh, he's got the size, he's got the speed, the athleticism's there. Um, he, he's got a few things he needs to work on. I mean, he's got his ups and downs for sure, like any prospect, but I think he'll be pretty good. Um, I'm not really nervous about the injury. I think a lot of teams, a lot of people really are, but I just really don't want him to go to Orlando because... Orlando is just ever since Dwight Howard and Jameer Nelson, it's just a suck hole of of disgustingness. Yeah, it has been. It's become a kind of a wasteland. Yeah, so like I feel bad for anyone that gets drafted there. I I just I don't. Or Aaron Gordon. Well, he's gonna play for the Knicks next year. I've already called this. Okay. Okay. Yeah, like the Knicks are gonna like put a ton, throw a ton of money towards him. It's gonna happen. They need to. The, they need to make some kind of splash. Yeah, I guess. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> my my whole like my dream in this draft is that the Bulls will end up getting Michael Porter. 
And then later in the first round, they get Candidates D off from Ohio State. Oh, yeah. Like, if they did that, I'd be fine. I'd be really content. I wouldn't care what they did that season. I'd be like, cool. I love Candidates D off. That's my guy. Yeah, I, I um, of course, I'm more Buckeyes football fan, but uh, the Buckeyes basketball team got hot towards the end of the year, so I started watching a little bit of them, and, and uh, that kid can play. He is a... Uh, He's got some special talent. He he wound up doing a really good job in the tournament and, and towards the end of the year of putting that team on his back and hitting some big shots and making some big plays for them. So I think his talent will transition well in, into the NBA, and he would fit well with the Bulls. He's the perfect warrior. Let's not even deny it. <laughs> he would. Yeah, you're right. He would. I don't. A... <laughs> I don't want him to go there, but like he could be like. You see these bench guys, they get these Jordan Browns, these Patrick McCalls, these Kayvon Looney's, and they just go mm-hmm. in immediately, and they're bit, like, he's right he's right down that line. And yeah. I really don't want that to happen. I want Kata to go play for a team I enjoy watching play. <laughs> what do you mean? You don't like watching Golden State play? I mean, <laughs> as a basketball fan, sure. As a fan of a team, no. No. <laughs> Like, there's no oh, denying man. how beautiful a basketball they play, but... Uh, Alright, so last topic before we get out of here, just kind of real quick, wrapping up things that happened throughout the weekend. Yes, um, sir. I know there were some coaching changes. I mean, like, I know Atlanta found a coach, and so I was like, that's cool. I don't really care about that. The Hornets found a coach. Um, mm-hmm. I want to talk about Becky Hammond. Yes. So, did you read Pal Gasol's article? Man, I was reading through it and got called into a meeting. I got halfway through it, but didn't get to read through it all the way. It was awesome. So for those who don't know what I'm talking about, um, the Spurs have uh, Becky Hammond as an assistant coach. And this is someone who, if you talk to anyone in the league, everyone says she's ready to coach an NBA team. She's ready to be a head coach. And this isn't like some... And you know, a lot of people who are rude and ignorant in our society kind of like brush it off because it's a female. And that's dumb to me. Like, if you watch WNBA basketball, it's very easy to enjoy. If you watch it as a basketball fan, it's great. I mean, WNBA League Pass is $17. Buy it. It's worth it. Um, so, so Becky Hammond is, of course, now being mentioned as a guy, as a, as a female who could potentially be in the net, one of the next head coaches in the NBA. And she's a great coach. And Paul Gasol used a lot of examples of things he learned from her while she, he's, uh, she's been an assistant in San Antonio for Pop. Obviously, she's learned from, you know, one of the top five coaches in NBA history. Um, mm. And she's got an interview with the Milwaukee Bucks. So, Pal Gasol decided it would be a good time to write an article to say that no one in the league is going to be against Becky Hammond being a head coach, player, assistant coach, anything. Because they know that she can coach and she does a good job of it. And she knows what her job is. And she's a, she's a successful basketball player. She's a very high-level basketball point guard. She was. So... so now this time, a chance is coming, and the obvious card we're going to play here is obviously the excitement that the league is really expanding and going with this, because it's a great thing. It's awesome. Um, the other thing here is, I don't know how she doesn't have one at the end of this offseason, whether it be in Milwaukee, you know, I know coaching jobs are filling up pretty quick. Mm-hmm. I think her day is coming where she will be a head coach in this league, and Pal Gasol just really helped that even more with that article. Oh, I I would agree with that. I'm a um, I'm a big fan of the WNBA, um, and I actually was a big fan of Becky Hammonds when she played with the New York Liberty. 
Um, she was uh, she was a phenomenal player. Um, and as you watch her, I mean, as you watch her coach and you watch her, you know, make adjustments and do things. If anybody, uh, and I guess this is kind of the uh, NBA basketball uh, fan side of it. Um, I I like watching summer league basketball. Same. Um, and she coached their summer league, the Spurs summer league basketball team two years ago to the summer league championship. Um, and she did a phenomenal job of coaching those young men um, to the summer league. And now, you know, to me that transitions highly because those are guys, one that are trying to make a team. Um, but on top of all that, they are high level basketball players um, who are being coached probably for the first time by a female and they're doing all the adjustments and all the things that she's asking them to do. Um, and they're doing it on the pro level. I mean, it may just be summer league, but those are professional athletes she's coaching. So um, I, I like where this is going. I, I like the fact that she's getting an opportunity. Um, it does, Like you said, it does not hurt that she's learned from one of the best coaches of all time in Popovich. Um, I think also uh, it helps, too, that um, guys like Pal Gasol, um, you know, guys that have played for the Spurs, guys that have played under her, know what kind of coaching ability she has. Um, and and I think the league knows. I think that everybody in that league knows that she can coach her tail off, uh, male, female, or whatever. She is one of you know. She needs to get an opportunity. Um, to to coach whoever is going to give her the opportunity to coach that team because I think she'll do an amazing job um, and I think that she is uh, well on her way to being one of the, one of the best coaches in the league. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll you know I'll 100 be rooting to see her succeed and I want to see the best from her and I, I want to see her get this opportunity. Um, you know, just to open doors too. Obviously, it'd be huge. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I always think I always thought of the NBA as the most forward-thinking professional of the sports league, and this just kind of helps my argument there even more. Oh, I, I would agree with that. I mean, um, they were the first to install female referees, um, female coaches. Um, you know, they they're always on the forefront. Um, they're on the forefront of mental health. They're on the forefront of uh, of um, you know players being in the community. They're on the forefront of of all these different things. Um, they're kind of the leaders and have an open mind um, in their league. And I just, I, you know, I applaud them that they don't, you know, they don't think like the rest of the world and a lot of people um, and that they are kind of a forward thinking league. And I, and I'm rooting for her. I hope she does get the job in Milwaukee because I think she'll do an amazing job. Yeah, I completely agree. All right, so that's going to go ahead and wrap up this week's edition of Garbage Time. So don't forget that we will be back next Monday morning for you guys, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Google Play. But in the meantime, don't forget on this same RSS feed, if you subscribe to it, you'll be able to get 48 minutes every Friday to get you ready for the weekend of basketball. Uh, So we're going to get get all that taken care of for you. So And also 48MinutesNetwork.com, where you can check out all of our episodes of the past and also any of our articles we write. So... We're going to be working a lot on that this summer. Have a lot of plans where we're going to get things bigger and better for this product. So on behalf of Ben Brown, this is Tim Daniel. Thank you again for tuning in to Garbage Time, and have a good weekend, everybody. Have a good weekend. Enjoy it.